Welcome to episode 11 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So, subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and Stitcher. I'm Sean. I'm Nye. And so, Nye, what's the name of this episode? Did we say I it is you came uh, up with a good one. I, I want to rock with the ones you came up with. I said, when your nonprofit looks like it's seen a Jamaican ghost. <laughs> so, oh, duppy, duppy, duppy time. A duppy freestyle. <laughs> so we, we got to start off. This is this is the ratchet minute. So, I mean, this is just a, the story that has really, you know, the Drake and Pusha T, which is now... We got Donda's house. We got Kim. We got Kanye all wrapped up into. So, I know you. I know you've been following. So basically, as we know, Pusha T put out Daytona, which was produced by Kanye West. So, man, like, okay, real quick. Okay, dope. Mm-hmm. Can I say it's just super, super dope? Really? Go ahead. That shit was dope. What? Yeah, I've been, okay. I've been rocking it. Okay, I love I'm, it. A, I'm, I'm not even. You, I'm not even. I'm not I'm even a real big Pusha T fan. Even though he's from Seven Five Seven, I'm from Seven Five Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge Pusha T fan, but I fucks with Daytona. What was dope? Okay, so you're talking about the whole thing. Because, I mean, yeah. honestly, I'm glad that it was, what was it, like seven or eight songs? Mm-hmm. Um, It was dry to me. But anyway. <laughs> I, I, and normally yeah. I don't like Pusha T because I think sometimes with his, uh, I, I don't like sometimes he kind of like raps not on beat. And it kind of drives me crazy. Like oh, his yeah. cadence is his a monotone a little bit. I mean, and it's not for that. Like I, I think he's he he has a potential. He's very lyrical. He's one of the great. I'm just I'm not impressed by this album. I'm just not. So I mean, and I I, I listened to it like four times. It's like it's already over. Like I'm I'm looking for that that banger. You know that mm-hmm. man. It doesn't sound like um Pharrell. I, I don't think Pharrell is on it at all. I mean, it just it doesn't, it's not doing it for me. But anyway, okay, so getting into the story. So Pusha puts out this album. So as as everyone knows, the cover of the album is, you know, basically the cracked in that supposedly Whitney Houston's, it's her drug-filled bathroom as the cover, mm-hmm. which Kanye West hated. I hated, hated, I, 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 I hate, I hated I, it. I thought I it was so it. distasteful. It was insensitive. And honestly, I hope he gets sued for it because it's just so disrespectful for to anyone's legacy. You know, how would he feel if someone used took pictures his, of his, his mother? Oh, right. Or yeah. her pictures after after the, the surgery. Or his after the before and after was after the before the before and after his uh Brazilian yeah. butt lift or whatever he got done. You know what I'm saying? Or the pictures of him high on quote unquote op- opioids. I mean, that sounds like crack to me, but whatever. I just, you know, this is opioids is heroin. That's heroin. This man has like all those, those right. pills, those those pills, like prescription pills that people take, is really just a prescription form of heroin. So right. So this is you know, I, I'm like, why why couldn't we see that? You know, why did you have to just stoop so low? And I said, you know, fight me on it, but Whitney Houston is is and was a natural national treasure. So mm-hmm. you know, just to denigrate her legacy in in this way yeah. to sell uh, an album, I, I just you know I'm but but I'm telling you he's pushing our buttons. This is all purposeful. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Okay, so getting to the story. So on Pusha T song Infrared, um, which again I'm like ho hum. I was not impressed at all. So he calls out Drake and says Drake has a ghostwriter named Quentin. So you know, 
there you know they have like this long-standing beef like Pusha T and Drake and it goes back right. to like the whole Lil Wayne and the baby blah 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 whatever so but leave it to Drake I'm telling you you know what I'm saying I love I love Drake for this he clapped back within one business yeah. day like within a New York minute yeah. with Duppy freestyle I think I think he had that like sitting on ice, like waiting for the right time, like waiting for it. Cause it came out quick. I'm telling you the next close of business. By close of business, it was ready, already done. So um, he says, you know, Drake says, as for Quentin, you know, kind of throwing a man under the bus just a little bit. He's like, basically I changed this dude's life. You know, he's working at Kroger's and then, you know, um from drake says there's no malice in your heart you're an approachable dude man you might have sold the college kids for nikes and mercedes but you act like you sold drugs <laughs> for escobar in the 80s and i'm like Ooh, you know what That's i can't even, i can't even front on duppy he came hard he came hard i can't even front <laughs> you know i i like that line because mm -hmm. in, you know when you look at it i'm like you know push it like, t this was cool for like back in the day, you know, that, that drug talk, not a lot of, you don't see a lot of um, art, a lot of rap artists, you know, talking about that too much, like glorifying it. And I'm like, you know, your brother didn't went and got found Jesus. He didn't change his name. I do kind of agree with that. Even though I'm really, I'm, I'm, I've been playing it since the 25th, since it dropped, but <laughs> like, as an artist, he's been in the game maybe like 15, 16 years. You got your, your, you have to show some growth. You know, yeah, I'm, you're not. I'm, I'm hoping things have like, changed for you, brother. I'm hoping the know, situation is, is improved. He, you know, he's running Kanye's um good music uh label. You know, he has a whole different that's lifestyle. Right. So that's what I heard. So, 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 but believe it to Drizzy Drake being a good businessman that he is. So you know, there was this whole thing. He said, <laughs> and at the end of the rhyme, he's like, you know, I, I should send you an invoice and what uh Pusha T said well go ahead you know this is all Twitter wars so Drake posted an invoice to Good Music Entertainment for a hundred thousand dollars for quote services rendered regarding promotional assistance and career reviving I was like oh that's my type of petty right there so then Rhyme Fest now, and now, and for those that don't know who Romfest is, I mean, when I think of Chicago and I think of, you know, the, the beginnings of Kanye, you think of Romfest. You know, Romfest got his name, right. you know, got it honestly. He was, ba you know, he's, he's a ghostwriter. He's, he's a collaborator, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call him. And, and he also, you know, co-founded Donda's House. And, you know, he speaks about his relationship with Donda West, you know, how much of an influence she was in his life and, you know, how connected he was to Kanye's mother and how, you know, building Donda's house, the nonprofit, you know, what the reason was, was to really, um, you know, help the youth in Chicago. So Ron Fest tweets to Drake after Drake puts out the invoice. He said, quote, when good music sends the money they owe you, will you please help us rebuild Kanye's mother's <laughs> house for the youth of Chicago? I spoke to Kanye about it. His response was, Fuck the youth of Chicago. <laughs> Look, and it's, that mm. sounds like something Kanye would say. <laughs> it it, 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 cer it certainly does when you get them on a on a Friday. So mm -hmm. you know, so Donda's house they they piggyback they issue a statement, and they basically said that you know Kanye don't speak for us um, that they've been unable to secure financing from Kanye for the public for the or, or the public for the youth of Chicago since Kanye went on his um, MAGA rant. So then, look, you, 
I'm not even calling. She ain't your girl. <laughs> Kim Kardashian gets involved. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I don't even know where to begin with this. But this is this is just the complete unraveling. And this is when I'm again when a black man does not have a strong black woman in his corner and by his side. Then you get bullshit like this. So she tweets. I mind think you, she. she I think Kanye took her phone and tweeted this. <laughs> I can't even imagine her bringing these words together to make sentences. So, I don't think she wrote it, but I, go ahead. And, you know, or, you know, they was of, of one mind. It's, it sounds so crazy. So basically, she's like, I'm sorry, y'all, for flooding your time, my timeline. I know you don't know who Ronfest is. Like, you got to be joking. Um, your flight to Wyoming is canceled. Like, oh, shit. His <laughs> flight to Ooh. Wyoming is canceled. She's like, I'm going to take Donna's house from you and give it to the kids. And Oh, then this one is just like tore me up inside. And you wear fake Yeezys. I should have known about you. You can't sustain the foundation. I'm like, this man is talking okay. about is talking about supporting the youth of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And you talking about his and you calling them out for some sneakers? Come on now, hey bitch. And she's gonna give the the organization to her kids. Her kids are like five. <laughs> like, what is she talking They're about? Like five. Just, <laughs> just, just the madness and the craziness of it all. So. You know, he claps back. Ron Fest basically wrote a letter on Twitter and it basically said, you know, like, bitch, you ain't never even been over here. Like, you ain't never even been here. You don't even know what's going on. Like, so Donna's house, and this is for the true clap back, <laughs> said, we will not be using uh, the name anymore due to uh, Kim Kardashian's post, effective immediately. So, there you have it. I mean, this has, I mean, do you, do we thank Drake? Or do we? <laughs> it's so messy. It's like this kind of stuff is like family stuff that you just don't talk about in public. You know, Ron Fest and Kanye have been boys for from forever, and this shouldn't play out in the media. You well, know, I don't. Like I, I, it. I, I hear I don't you like on it. that part, but at the same time, now, and, now the know. push the push of T and the Drake Drake feud, that's something else because you know hip hop was built off of like battles and. All that stuff, but this whole this so weak though. Fest, okay, so that's the, uh, yeah, so. the Kanye and Ron Fest. I just don't appreciate that because that's what that's like a personal. It's like brothers fighting. You don't want to see that happening. Yeah, in I, yeah. So yeah, I'm looking at okay. So the whole Drake and Pusha T. I mean, in in all honesty, that was not a true rap battle. I mean, I think what we have seen is that you know Drake is the king of the tweets. That's what it comes down to. Like he is a, he knows how to run that social media and that's great. And it's, it's all, it's all well and good. I mean, down to the, the invoice that he posted, which was funny as shit, but that's mm. what we're seeing. I, and you know, I'm not, not taking away from his lyrics. I think they're both lyrical. Um, but this was like a sleeper to me. Like this was ho hum. just like, I, and just for me, like it wasn't like, Ooh, it was like, mm, mm. that's, that's, that's the sound I was making, like, mm. just me. So I know you like the Pusha T album. I mean, it's take it or leave it for me. Um, if this is what we have to in store coming from Kanye, I'm I'm good. I, I'm good. It just, I didn't do it, you know, didn't do it for me. I, I, yeah, I, don't know. I like it. I like, I like the beats. I, I liked it. So I'm, like I'm, the beats? I'm curious. Like yeah, beats. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what else um, Kanye, I'm, you know, I know we put Nas on ice, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm low key waiting for the 13th to come because I want. I knew it. I knew it. it. <laughs> <laughs> low key, I'm oh, like waiting. I knew it. Wait but um, 
Uh, yeah, but I do agree with you that no, no. Let me say this. I, I think Ron Fest taking the opportunity to, you know, he put. I mean, he had to put his boy on blast, and I'm I'm thinking it's a situation like this. Is the only way that you know there would be a wake up call or that would get to him is we need you here. You know, we need you active and involved, and this is the only way that I can, I, you know, I can insert myself. So I kind of, I don't want to take away from that. You know, could he, could he have done it with a, with a more, you know, keeping in the family? Yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, the situation has got so out of hand that that, that opportunity is, is, is gone. And, and you know, look, I kind of, I kind of feel like at this point that where Kanye's mentality is I, like, I just, I don't think him making this public statement will have an impact on Kanye at all. You know, it may, you know, we'll talk about it, be a buzz and people, we already have a bad um, uh, views on Kanye right now. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. to me, it was like pointless for me. You don't think you it changing things? No. Kanye yeah, don't give a shit. I like how Kim Kardashian was getting dragged though on Twitter. <laughs> I, always I, was, I was there for it. I was present and accounted for it. <laughs> I always oh, love when she gets dragged. Like, and, oh, and, Lord. And, and second of all, you know, as, as a woman, I just don't, think that you get involved with two men's arguments you know you kind of just yeah. i don't absolutely. know why she Ab absolutely and she's not understanding you know? the nuance of when you when no. you got your man's back that's some shit that you mm -hmm. that you don't do you know you might be in his ear yeah. but you don't you don't get in the mm -hmm. middle because you make him look like a bitch like he's extra yeah. bitch, you know? and it can escalate right and it can escalate in ways that you can't even imagine just because you inserted yourself you run in your mouth you know what i'm saying loosely yeah. Loose lips sink ships like that. But I've, again, seen, I've seen I've seen many women get their man fucked up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's that's what I'm saying. Like to me, like that's if she was a black girl, this this it wouldn't even happen like this. Like, girl, you ain't you jumping in the middle. Like he's a man. If anything, we know he can use Twitter, and he didn't use it to say all kind of crazy shit. You think he couldn't clap back right here? He needed your voice. He needed just. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what I'm saying, but you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, okay. Moving on. All right. What you got? Um, well, girl, let me tell you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday my home girl was like, did you see Jaheem's Instagram? So Jaheem is, is on Instagram now looking very different. He's dyed his beard red. His hair is red. He's looking a little. How you under doing? No, not really how you doing, but just. Kind I haven't of, seen not, it. I'm about to pull it up. Not looking good. Like, just not looking good. But, you know, according to his Instagram, he has adopted this whole, I guess, healthy lifestyle living. So he cooks, I guess he's like vegetarian or vegan. So he's cooking all these different meals and they're it's struggle plates. You know, <laughs> 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 struggle plates. <laughs> struggle plates. But he has this video on his Instagram. Girl, he is sauteing banana peels <laughs> for what <laughs> to do what with them to eat them banana he is cooking but i was like this can't be real let me look are you sure they're not like plantains cut the long way i'm Making, watching like, it looks like um banana peels and um it's, uh, it's banana peels and potatoes. if you if you swipe <laughs> if you swipe to the left girl then he pours milk into it <laughs> so like, what's going what is he oh, doing what's going on look like his yeah, eyes have changed i don't know what that is you know, he used yeah, to like he's, come to all the parties when I was at Rutgers. Like he would, he was, you know, because he's from around there. So, all right, yeah, yeah. he's got it. He's interesting. He says he has, he has 
you know, he has music coming out. And I know a lot of people used to check for Jaheim back in the day. You know, I'm not really a huge R&B fan, but he did have some, you know, some he good hits in the He did have some good music. Yeah, he had a pretty good run. So I guess he's trying to come back and get his life together and whatever demons he, he was fighting before, he's trying to get rid of them. So I do applaud him for that and trying to make, you know, strides in his life. But Lord, do not cook banana pills. We, we're not here for it. <laughs> Struggle breakfast. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. You know, you know, the best, the best taste in food really doesn't photograph well. That you, you know, know what? what I was just about to say. That's why I've never, I've never been a fan of pictures of food because yeah, if, if it's good, if it's good, like lasagna looks like vomit. It's like disgusting. Threw it up, girl. Thanksgiving is like the worst time of year because I know all, I know everything on your plate is banging, but that shit looks like throw up. <laughs> we don't want to see it. The mash, like the the stuffing and the gravy, everything oh. is all beige and oh, oh. And that's I, I hate seeing pictures of food on on mm -hmm. social media because because exactly that. My my people, we we don't as <laughs> as a people, we don't like vegetables. So all everything on a plate is like beige. Like where are your vegetables? <laughs> where where are green? they? Oh. Where is that? I'm I'm looking at his social media. I'm looking at his Instagram, and it's like, um, I don't know what this is. It's like, um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, I don't know what he has going on, but Jaheem, I'm gonna keep you, you know, keep you lifted up. And you know. I like the red. I don't. I guess that's um. I, I kind of like the red, the red hair. He's dyed his beard, and his hair is red. Yeah, he might want to put some chapstick on though, because that's kind of like. True indeed. But, yeah, you, know, you got like them. That. Um, you got them weed lips. I mean, it's hard to keep them lubricated. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. All right. So, I ain't trying to banana pills. Okay, so, right. um, so uh, moving on. I'm trying to think on. what what did I? Are we gonna? So we're kind of in the ratchet. Are we gonna talk about um, Morgan Freeman? Well, let's talk about it's it's Memorial Day today. Um, mm -hmm. This is kind of you know. Kind of woke and they didn't turn into ratchet, but you know, so you know, I originally and I this is what I tell my son like Memorial Day is really a day, um, of remembrance of what happened back in I think it's 1857 in Charleston, South Carolina. The whole mm -hmm. Martyrs of the Race Force. Have you ever heard that story? And yeah, yeah. Okay. so really it was how it's oh, go ahead. You want to tell a story? You want me to yeah, tell so I've, I've just you know, so basically, um, you know, the civil civil wars 1865, so it was the Confederates and of course the Union. So the Confederates had basically converted a jockey club or a race course into an outdoor prison for Union soldiers, and 257 Union soldiers died, um, in that building, so they were buried in a mass grave, just pretty much thrown in a pit. So after the war was op was over, um, black workmen they went to the site and they dug up the bodies and reburied these Union soldiers in a cemetery and they named it Martyrs of the Race Course. Um, so a parade of about between three and ten thousand. It was black kids and they were carrying roses and they were singing, you know, Union march songs and they sang John Brown's body. And then there were several hundred black women who carried flowers and crosses and there were black men and they marched in cadence. And then afterward, they pretty much did what we do now. They, you know, went out in the field and held picnics and barbecues and did drills and the like. So, um, you know, I've always, I've always taught my child and make sure that, you know, African-Americans 
uh, black people here in America have really founded Memorial Day in remembrance of emancipation of the slaves. So of course, you know, white men, you know, controlling the narrative like they like to do. So, you know, basically turned it around. They took the old racetrack, it's gone. The bodies were reburied um, in a national cemetery in Beaufort, South Carolina. Um, and, you know, they took the holiday and made it into something else. So, and then we've taken a holiday and made it into something else. You know, today, you know, I remember Memorial Day was celebrated by Freaknik. Remember Freaknik? Yeah, you know, truth be told, all of our, the holidays, like the major, like national holidays, we don't really give a shit. We just off work. We just, yeah, <laughs> so we did Freaknik. I used to do Freaknik. Freaknik went from Atlanta to New York. Then it turned into Greek Fest. Um, then it was Black Beach Week. And now it's um, it's what they call Urban Beach Week. So, you know, this Urban Beach Week, which is really big down, you know, here in, in Miami, you know, like I don't I don't go outside. Like it ain't safe. It ain't safe. You know, it's it, it's always characterized by a lot of violence, arrest, shootings. You know, last, I think a couple years ago, there was a, a shooting, a police shooting on um, Collins Boulevard. And um, Raymond Heresi was killed, you know, after he escaped the police and was and was driving up Collins. So it's always something. And I remember you know, years ago, I went to... Um, I think that was Greek Fest, and it was like in upstate New York, I believe. You know what? Or it might have been here in Miami like years ago. But in any case, I remember, and this was the last one I ever went to, I remember there was a girl who had on this pretty much a, a, a striped dress, like mm -hmm. a tube dress, you know, back in the day. And I remember watching, she was at, you know, at the top of the street, and, you know, some guys following at her and, and harassing her. By the time she got to the end of the street, they had stripped her naked. She had oh, no. Wow. I remember it, it was it was so bad. So I bad. remember, you know, I was I was I was young in my teens and and it was scary. You know, like we were we were sitting on a balcony and frozen. Like you didn't even want to move because it and and it happened, you know, they just it was a crowd that assaulted her. So you know, I I don't I I I, I don't know. This is what we do. I, I, it just, it, it turns me off. We, you know, we've turned something like we always do. We turn it into something else. So uh, happy Martyrs of the Race Course Day to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was ratchet, but it was, it was woke and then it went ratchet. It woke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, then it woke ratchet. Ratchet woke. I tried. I tried. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving, moving forward. We have any more ratchet? Um. Yeah, we do. We do. You want to talk about Morgan Freeman? You need yeah, to um, that. Man, yeah. I have. I have some. Uh, okay, so we we might have some different views on this, but let me let me hear. So you go ahead. Let me hear this. You know, I just I, I haven't read too much about um about. I did read an article about. You know, he made some um you know, sexually inappropriate, com you know, comments to, to, to some of these female re uh, reporters and workers that are on the set, uh, which I, I don't, I would have to believe it. Um, I'm more leaning to, to believe it just because I think he's a piece of shit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he has um, his, uh, his step granddaughter, you know, he's, it's been around her since she was a, a baby, a kid. And then, you know, he develops this relationship with her, this sexual relationship. And at one point, supposedly they were supposed to get married. This is so disgusting to me, you know. Yeah. Um, and about two years ago, she she lived in New York in Washington Heights, 
and I guess she was with a boyfriend and they both were maybe involved in some drugs and he got high off a of PCP or some sort of kind of hallucinogen and he stabbed her uh, 25 times and of course she died. So she had a very, very tragic life. Um, Cause I just can't imagine that this man who's been in your life, been a, uh, you know, a parental father figure, grandfather figure in your life. And I just, I think he just kind of groans her into being with him sexually and it just disgusts me mm, okay so, so so with all these sexual harassment claims against him i am i am i believe it they well, you know I'm just i don't not believe it i think if you okay so here here's my two cents because it might differ a little bit like i'm i'm not jumping on the morgan freeman you know sexual harassment this case and you know he should go down um I just, I'm just not, I think, so what I understand is it was eight women who said they were basically subjected to like unwanted touching and comments about their figures and, you know, their clothing on a, on a pretty regular basis from him. So, and there was another eight women or it sounded like women and men who witnessed his conduct. So, I, you know, I think there is, there's a, there's a line that is it's not a you know it's not not necessarily a a thin line but there's a line between flirting overly you know flirting and sexual assault or rape because when i'm listening to the stories of you know these women who have come forward i mean and and maybe it is you know because i have i've worked in the corporate arena and certain things you it, it happens um does it mean that you know every case calls for a full-blown sexual harassment case? Not in my opinion. So I'm listening to these stories and I'm like, he's not, I mean, he's 80 years old. You know, whether this happened, you know, within the last 10 or 10 or 15 years, I mean, he's a senior citizen. He's like a dirty old man, you know. And it's it unless he is, um, you know, subjecting you to imprisonment where you can't leave or um, some sort of molestation or rape. I don't know if if comments from a dirty old, you know, a man like your, your skirt, your boobs. I don't know if that rises to the level of sexual assault. It's just my I opinion. I think it's creepy. Um, I think it's one thing. I don't like. I don't like for men to talk up, up under my clothes and and uh, you know you you know I don't like that kind of talk from you know from men. It makes me uncomfortable and it's disrespectful. And and I know he's an older man. However, he's not like, oh, he's not a senior citizen in the case of the, the old men that live in my building. You know what I'm saying? Like he's Hollywood old, so he's still popping. You know what I'm saying? And he's yeah. still kind of got, he's still young, I'm a young spirit. So I, I, I'm not gonna put that, he's a senior citizen and too old for this and that, no. Uh, now I did, I did, hold on, I did watch um, one video of some lady, um, she was a reporter and she was talking about, um, uh, interview she did with him and two of his um, his co uh, co stars of a movie mm -hmm. they did like some years ago, and she was talking about uh, one of the guys. One of the uh, co stars was talking about um, a few a few years prior to that he had I think congratulated a, a woman on being pregnant, and she wasn't pregnant, so it was a very awkward situation for him. So he was saying that you know in situations <laughs> like that where you don't you don't know you know just don't say anything. And so after, you know, Morgan Freeman was like, oh, I wish I would have been there. I guess to kind of see, you know, the interaction with him and this woman. So the reporter flipped this whole thing around to say that Morgan, Fre she was pregnant. 
So she flipped the whole thing around saying that Morgan Freeman made this statement to her that he wished that he was there when she got pregnant. Oh. It was weird. It was weird. And she was she was reaching for the stars with this one because that one didn't make sense. Uh, but like I said before, I haven't really read into what these allegations are and what they actually said and what they're accusing him of. I haven't really got too deep into it because I just I'm, I'm well, whatever. and I think because I'm, I'm and I'm not I'm not taking for you know the the story with his step granddaughter who she you know she was a minor at the time and you know they were carrying on this affair. I mean I'm not I'm not now that's that's a separate issue. Now now we're talking you know, we're, we're talking sex, a sexual assault and molestation and the like, but for the comments that I've heard these eight women come forward and like, yeah, you know, me too. And he, you know, he said this and he said this about my skirt. And I'm just like, if this man, it, it just, I don't know. It's just not rising to the level for me of, you know, we need to do him the way we do, do, do Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby to me is a certain, that's, that's different. Like this man is drugging women and, and you know, they don't have the ability to consent to sex. Right. That's, I that's mean, different. There, there are different levels to it, but wrong is wrong. It's wrong is wrong. Yeah. He may not be out here raping women, but you know, keep your dirty comments to yourself. And that's, but and to me, like that's, that's the warning. That's the extent of it. Keep your dirty comments. He's an old man from uh, an era where, you know, he, you could say he says things like that. And I'm sure all these women, nobody took them seriously. Did they really take, did they, re I mean, come on. Are you really taking um, Cat Daddy that serious? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I, just, you, I come just, across, do you take Cat Daddy seriously? I just feel like, you know, in those kind of situations, men use their power um, against women in situations like that, you know? Um, but he didn't do a Harvey Weinstein. Like that's, to that to me is different. You know, when, it, you, it when you utilize it. I understand what you're saying. There's levels to it. He didn't do it, but he still did something and it wasn't right what he did. You yes. know, was he out here raping women? No. Was he drugging women? No. But was he being inappropriate? Yes, he was. But have you ever had, oh, come on. I'm, I'm saying, have you ever had a situation where an older gentleman says something highly inappropriate? And what do you yeah, do? Yeah, I have. I mean, but okay, does it, and, and you said, well, it makes you feel, I mean, I, and I've had it happen. Plenty of times, and it's it's a joke because in actuality, it's like, dude, we'll never, you'll never, who's to never, no to never, like it'll never, ever, ever. But I, but you just you're just saying it, you know. You whether know, I, it's, a couple oh, a couple um weeks ago, I was walking down the street, <clears throat> and I was um coming home. It was a group of older men, and I now I walked through them. I had my earphones on, but they weren't on, so I could still hear what they were saying. But I pretended like I couldn't hear them, and he was so fucking disgusting. With, with what he said. And I really wanted to stop and turn around and say, you're supposed to be the protector of this neighborhood and of women. You know, you're an older man. Why would you say something that way to a young woman? It's, the, yeah. it's, it's disrespectful. You know, you're supposed to be an elder in the community. What kind of example are you setting for people, for, the, for these young boys? And I think that's the conversation that needs to be had. Like that, you should have said that. And I think that's the extent of it. But to bring this man up on charges for being a horny old man, to me and not really acting on it, just saying a bunch of stuff that in actuality is probably never, ever going to happen. I just, you know, I'm like, okay, are we persecuting him for the right thing or what, what's, what's going on? What's, what's really going on? You know, this is not, this is not a Bill Car Cosby. This is not a Harvey Weinstein. This is, you know, uh, um, a virile old man, a cat daddy 
who's who's saying some shit. Yeah, you look good in your skirt. You know, I mean, to me, and just read the comments, you know. And then one woman that came forth, she's like, you know, Essence Magazine, you misquoted what I said. I didn't, you know, I I, I took it as a joke. She was like, basically, I didn't fear, you know, for my health, my life, my safety. I, it was a joke. He said it. It was nasty. It was raunchy. I, I checked him on it, and we moved on. It was it was. It it wasn't as as serious as the magazine that, had made it out. Her, but that is her. That's her experience. You know, she right. can't speak for how it made other women feel. You're right. But then, should women be? I, you know, I and I don't believe in that ultra sensitivity. You know, because we live in a we live in a real world where people have real feelings and real emotions and not saying, you know, give these men, you know, all this leeway to be disrespectful to women. But I don't think we need to be overly sensitive either to every single this. And I think that's that's what's wrong with society today. Everybody's so damn sensitive and can't take a can't take a hit to the chin. It's it's not that big of a deal. You know, if I if I cried or made a big deal out of every man who said my ass looks good in the jeans on on my skirt or my 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 boobs look good i mean i would i would never get anywhere it's just, but the, you know, reason, it's just but the reason why they say what but the reason why men do that is because they know they can get away with it so but if they but if get they, away but with what so you but said but it if it hold on but if there's a if there's a situational scenario where they're they are um held accountable for what they're saying do you think they would say it but held accountable for what? I'm just, I'm like, for, for what? I, I, it's, we're going to have to, uh, to, we have to, <laughs> wanna keep, like, because we're going to, we're going to talk about this in circles because we really disagree. I just think those comments like that are just so inappropriate. I don't, I just, I don't I'm like it. I'm not saying that they're not inappropriate. I agree with you. But do they, what, what level of uh, action do they call for? I must, I'd say that, yes, highly inappropriate. I've had some very inappropriate things said to me by males mm -hmm. in, in all in all walks and in, in in all categories of you know professional personal corporate everywhere so i've and i've had it happen now but what action calls for action on my part you know do i brush it off i mean i can't i, I just feel like i cannot be this ultra sensitive person where yes, it's disrespectful. And you know what? I'm going to talk about that dick print that ain't there. Or I'm going to do, you know, and I've, I've done that too. Like, you know, you can, if you could throw it, if you could throw it out, you can take it in. So I've been in those situations too. I'm just like, everything doesn't call for, um, you know, a persecution of the person for saying something that's inappropriate. Did it hurt your feelings? It, I, Okay. okay. All I right. Think we should just because we're gonna talk in circles <laughs> about this. We, we, have, to, agree to we this. have to have a podcast just on this and and take some questions, yeah. you know, and some comments from others because I, I think this is. It, I mean, it's it, this is a real issue. This is this is a real thing. So, man, I thought we was ratchet. Like, I'm not trying to be woke right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but but speaking of speaking of these dirty old men, uh, Harvey Weinstein turned himself in. To face his charges, yes, uh, he's, he's trying, trying to. Make, you know, he's making a movie too, right? He's trying to shop yeah. a movie. <laughs> Charges of rape and abuse, and um, so he turned himself in. Yeah. Um, he was released on a million dollar bail, and so he faces up to twenty five years in prison. And of course, we all know the stories. You know, dozens of women have accused him of demanding sexual favors in return for uh, consideration of movie productions. Some women have actually accused him of rape. So he's disgusting. Um, can we agree that he's disgusting? I, absolutely. I'm not okay. taking away from his disgust. And I think he is a 
is a it's a it's a different level of disgust and and bigotry here. I mean, we're talking but about just, a but just but think but think of it in career. Of, think of think of it in terms of the levels of it. So maybe Harvey Weinstein didn't start off raping women. So maybe he started off making weird eye contact with women. And you know, you can't you can't you know, you can't really charge anyone with a crime with looking at them weird. So maybe he started off with that. Nothing happened to him. And then he started making comments, these lewd comments to women and nothing happened. And then maybe he started touching on women and then nothing happened. And maybe he did, you know, there's levels to it. So so exactly. what I'm saying is so and and more so what I'm saying is so if you if you knit so say what? Morgan Freeman's eighty years I don't old. Care. I don't care how old he is. He was eight, he was seventy something still with his this this granddaughter of his. I don't care how old he was. Okay, I'm separate. I, I had to separate that out because that to me like now that's a serious issue. That's that's something me, that calls to me, for. It's like, to me, to me that shows that he has some sexual deviancy in him. So these stories that these women are saying um um are not out of the realm of something that he could do. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Anyway, I, 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 I agree with you. I do agree with you. Um, and about Harvey Weinstein, I mean, I think it's, it's, it is like a, uh, an end to a reign of terror. Now he, I, I mean, his stories, you know, and his, uh, actions of it's rape. I mean, no, no yeah. matter how you cut it too many of that. Now that, I, you know, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't split hairs on. Really he was really a predator. Like they said, you know, very these, much uh, so. These, I think it was, uh, maybe it was Cannes or one of these independent film festivals. That was like his, his stomping ground, like his stalking ground for <sighs> like raping and, and terrorizing these women. And to, to look at him and, and not that, you know, rapists have a, a certain look because they're very handsome <laughs> rapists and they're ugly rapists, but God damn it, this motherfucker is ugly. Isn't he? And, God, he just looks like just like a garbage pail kid. Oh my God, he looks like a deformed like Muppet, like a, a oh like the um you like the, the, fraggle, the fraggle rock. Yeah, like the, the big monster. He looks like one of them. <laughs> oh God, he is. I can't even just. Oh, I. I just. I wonder what his ex wife knew. I, you know, I wonder to what extent. Have you seen her? Yeah. Have you seen her? Yeah. She's beautiful. Yeah. With him. She knew. She was there for the money. Look she knows. He's, she does, um company off the ground. Want him touching her. I'm, I'm pretty sure he does. She does not want him touching her. Mm. But I'm pretty oh. sure she has stories too. Whew. Boy. Stories. All right. So, well, all right. Um, um, okay. Um. And here we go. Mm -hmm. I have this really silly story. It's this is like white male entitlement at like a. a white trash level so mm -hmm. um, so up in um there is this guy named michael rotondo oh god not this yeah. dude this dude he's like 30 years old he's been living with his parents for eight years rent free not paying rent <laughs> and so his parents yeah. want him to move and he won't move so they had to take him to court to evict him like a <laughs> take him to court like in the world so oh he's my told, goodness he told New York Post that he wanted three months time to move because he has to get, he has to, you know, take time to pack up. He has to get boxes and that's going to take time because he doesn't have any money to buy the boxes. I can't. So he needs three months. And his parents offered him $1,100 to move out. Um, and there's a restaurant in their neighborhood, Villa Italian Kitchen, who offered him $1,101 to work for them. And, and that's like a sign in bonus or whatever. Um, uh, and I think that's just a great example of white male entitlement. 
Exactly. You got this dead dude probably, it'll probably be a movie. Right. It'll probably be a comedy. Living in the basement. And out um, of this whole thing, Matthew he gets McConaughey a job. will play him. <laughs> play the role, play him right. in the movie. Out uh, of this whole thing of being a loser and a deadbeat, he gets a job offer. Like, are you serious? Yes, I'm so uh, disgusted. Yeah, this is disgusting. Anyway, uh, all right, move. I move I will on. not be following that story. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Oh I man! Don't. All right, so um, are we waking up now? Yeah, let's let's move on to the work all right. Go ahead. You have um, I think you were t- you were talking about the black. So you know what? Men? Yes. Yeah, so Spike Lee has a new movie coming out, and I was a huge Spike Lee fan in the '90s. He had a tremendous run with Crooklyn Do the Right makes Thing, Jungle <laughs> Figure. Brooklyn was like one of my favorite movies. Malcolm cry every X. Time. Uh, yeah, um, Jungle Fever, Mo Better Blues. Like he had a a great run in the '90s. I loved it. Um, his first movie, She's Got to Have It. Even though I was too young to watch it, um, I did watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in between my fingers, but mm-hmm. um, he just had a, a <laughs> tremendous run in the 90s and then in the 2000s as well, I guess. And then he kind of fell off a little bit. He fell off. Like, the 25th hour? I think hour. it was, I can tell, it was a movie. I think it was called a 25th hour. I think he did yeah, that, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, it wasn't my, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst Spike Lee movie, but it mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite. He's, he's had some, ter- let me tell you the most terrible one I've seen of him was um, the, was it the red blood of Jesus or something? That was I don't even see that one. I'm like, is this I couldn't even believe this exactly movie. It was it was so terrible. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. It was just awful. I hated the way it ended. It was just terrible. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, he has this new movie, The Black Klansmith. Um, it's set to be released August 10th. Um, and the release is time with the one-year anniversary of the protest that happened in Charlottesville. So he's kind of being strategic with that. Um, it's also being produced by Jordan Peele, who, of course, we know was the writer and director of Get Out. So this movie, Black Klansman, is based on the real life story of Ron Stallworth. He was the first black yes. police officer in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs and um, who went undercover in uh, 78 to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, this movie is starring John David Washington. Yes, boo. Yes. A delectable little piece of chocolate. So delightful. Oh, my gosh. Mm. He is. Mm. He's the son of Denzel Washington. Um, And he Mm. also starred in the HBO series Ballers. Which I love. I love Ballers. He's coming back. He actually goes to a church that I go to here in Miami. So I guess Mm -hmm. when he's filming, he goes to the church, girl. He's he's a little short, you know how I'm a heightist, but um he is. Yeah, he is, he is fine. I saw him. Uh, I I saw him in uh, in New York before, and I was like, he is kind of short, but he is. He looks just like his mother, but he is fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's fine. Jesus Christ. So uh, I will get my crew going. Crew going with him. <laughs> but uh, the movie um it was um it was featured in Cannes, and I hear I read that it got a ten minute uh, standing ovation. I heard that too, like um, ten so, minutes, like really long. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really powerful. Um, it won. It was the winner of the Cannes Film Festival Grand Prix Award, which is the second most pre- spe- blah, blah, the second most prestigious. Spe- prestigious. Right there, you go. Um, <laughs> of the festival after the Palme d'Or. Uh, so I'm really excited about seeing this. Um, it comes out August. I will definitely be in the movie theaters to see it. Oh, I'm absolutely. Really I, I was listening to um, just a little tidbit. So. 
Ron Stallworth, you know, originally this movie is like, you know, how many years in the making? Because this happened back in 1978. But originally he wanted Denzel Washington to play his part. And then, of course, you know, Denzel's funny. Oh, son. Son, son gets to play. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, I definitely, I'm, ex I'm excited about that. Yeah, I am. And I'm really excited to see uh, John David do some more work because he's he's really a pretty good actor. Um, I think he has the potential to really be great because um, I like watching look, him on screen. Look, look who his daddy is. His daddy. His, <laughs> he has a daddy. Because <laughs> no, stop. Stop. I, I just heard, wait, so somebody told me that a zaddy is um like your like a gay no. Gay no? Your gay daddy. No. No, a zaddy is a, a daddy that could get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> daddy, the daddy who can get it. That's the oh, person. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a daddy that can get it. Well, I don't know what it is in the in the gay world, but in my world, it's a daddy that can get it. So um I guess we are full on in the woke minute. So I did mm -hmm. want to talk about uh the, the woman that was killed by Border Patrol. Did you hear about this? Um, yeah. Twenty-year-old Claudia Patricia Gomez Gonzalez. Uh, she was shot in the head by a Customs Border Police officer um, last Wednesday in Rio Bravo, Texas, which is close to the border of Mexico. I understand that she was traveling to the U.S. She lived in a small village in Guatemala, um, and she went. You know, basically, I mean, what do all migrants and immigrants, you know, they come here for to find, you know, work and. Mm -hmm and hopes to pay for her education. Understand she actually graduated from a forensic accounting program in 2016 and she couldn't find a job. So, you know, I, I'm just, when I read this story, it, it just um, resonated to me how we treat immigrants. You know, we, we know about how number 45 came on and how he said these immigrants would be treated and, you know, this issue regarding border control. Um, you know, and I was thinking even, under Obama, we had a lot of reports of like the violence that was going on at the borders and the abuse that was happening by these, you know, border patrol agents. I can only imagine how rampant it is now that, you know, number 45 has expanded the agency. And, you know, the, I've, I read somewhere that there are more um, customs border police combined than there is in the FBI, the CIA and all the police officers. Wow. Um, it, they're, they're, they're just that many. So, how do you, you know, this is, this is the debate over border control. I, you know, how do you feel about it? I am, I'm very open. Um, you know, I, I believe in open borders. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you think? You know, I, I was having this conversation with one of my friends last week about uh, uh, immigrants coming in from south of the border. He's not, he's not a Trump supporter, but he does kind of agree with some stuff that Trump says. So he is a fan of the, um, of the wall. wall because he says that you know these these immigrants that came in from um from you know mexico and guatemala and you know all the south american countries they came in and really took over the jobs that black people had because they could pay them under the table they can pay them less money don't have to provide you know health insurance so he has a different take on it which i can i can kind of understand what he's saying however I'm all about, you know, people who are um, marginalized. We need to mm -hmm. band together. You know, I, you know, we need we need to band together to fight this thing called white supremacy. 
You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't, I'm not a fan of, uh, I'm not a supporter of the wall at all. You know, I think, you know, different cultures make, make this what this country is or, you know, make life grand. Cause you know, you have these people coming from all different, you know, all different parts of the world. They come in, you know, to the United States and it just, it makes a more rich, you know, country. Experience and, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not for the wall. Um, I want everyone to have an, an equal opportunity, but I kind of do understand what he's saying at the same time. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Well, I, so I understand. I, I understand. Uh, okay. So, I mean, I think one thing we got to look at the people that are coming. So, you know, they're coming from these countries like, you know, Central America and Haiti and largely they're leaving their own countries because of the policies that we've put in place, you know, against right. them and how they're treated there. So, you know, their migration here, it's, it's very much an economic decision. You know, they're doing this out of desperation and necessity. It's not, you know, to come here and, and vacation. It is to work and support their families. So, you know, but looking at, you know, especially, and I'm going to mention her name, Claudia Patricia Gomez Gonzalez and her story and, you know, give her, you know, we need to humanize these migrants. You know, they're dying out there in the desert. They're getting shot out. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. let's deal with that before we talk about, you know, being our borders should be impenetrable, you know, because people are going to come here by hook or crook. That's the thing. You know, it's just like they're, they build they build tunnels. They build like you underground understand? tunnels. It's, you know, like, this is that's when the, there's a will, there's a way. There's, exactly. And that's the joke of it. It's just like, you know, the whole condoms in school debate, like, yo, they, they, they're going to find a way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So either you're going to make it safe. And that's the same thing with the borders. It's like, well, let's not even get to that until we can talk about, you know, preventing these people from dying in the desert and preventing them from getting shot by our law enforcement and getting killed. You know, those, those things. Um, you know, in terms of the jobs, you know, I think it's it's really easy for, you know, once we humanize them, you know, it's, it's different from Pedro who, you know, is putting down my, you know, doing the gravel on my driveway or Maria who's, you know, being a, the, the nanny for my kids. It's that's that's different. Like, oh, you know, they can come here. That's that's good. But when you're talking about, you know, Jorge, who, you know, came through the desert. 16 days through the desert it's like well you here and you try to take all the jobs like number one i mean let's keep it real a lot of people don't want the jobs that these people are willing you know and they'll do with dignity the dignity they we don't want to do those jobs like do you i mean who I, I you know and i see them all day they're they're out here planting they're out here doing say six in the morning never had a vehicle but they're you know posted up at the home depot just to do one-offs you know little jobs I mean, are, are we really talking about, are we really like, they've, they've so impacted the job market for black people. I, I think they I have, I think they have, maybe not necessarily with like grounds work, but if you think about like who back in the day, who was actually working in the kitchens, it was black people. And now you go to any restaurant now, it could be a Chinese restaurant, Italian, French, who's back there cooking? I'm just saying, like, who's, who's out here picking oranges and apples? I mean, that's like, what I mean, I'm saying. Like, that, the grounds work, that's, that's something, that's something different. But, I mean, that, there has been a different, um, there has been a, an impact on the unemployment rate of Black Americans with the influx of these um, immigrants coming in. I, I just, okay. And I haven't seen the numbers on that. I, I just think that that argument yields to what people come here for you know they come here seeking a better life and to take advantage of the opportunities that are here and you know i don't see pedro coming over here and 
you know, taking a corporate executive position. I mean, he's he's working the land and some of us are too good to even do that. So I don't know what the numbers are. Yes, I, I think it does impact our economy. And I think in a positive way, you know, even the influx of immigrants. I mean, this is a country of immigrants. So let's 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 be for real here. I mean, we we, we took it from the natives that were here. So everybody here, you know, you got here off a boat or willingly or unwillingly. So that being said, I think we have the audacity to say we're going to close the borders, you know, to people that are coming here to live a better life and and enrich our lives and our economy because of what? Well, no, I just want to kind of just segue into another story about the. Uh, okay, because we had enough of that. <laughs> about this uh this southern border so there's a story that's been um floating around the internet that department of health and human services lost track of about um, um over 1400 immigrant immigrant children last year yes. um so apparently they were all they were a little less than 8,000 children that crossed the u.s mexican border unaccompanied by adults mm-hmm. and once they reached over they were placed with adult sponsors in the u.s and according to associated press over 1,400 of them remain unaccounted for. Now, some of these children were placed with family members in the U.S. and may have gone off the grid. So they may have gotten these, you know, gotten these family members, gotten these kids and kind of just disappeared mm. because they, they kind of wanted to be out of the spotlight of immigration and all that. So um, the main fear is that because they're unaccounted for, we don't really know where they are. So there's this this talk that the children could be victims, victims of human traffickers or other abusers. And of course, 45 had to just, you know, just vomit out the mouth. Um, he said he, he and his top administration officials have stated that these children could expose the nation to eventual gang crime. I can't. So he's, yeah, he's just, he's, he's just, I can't, uh, whatever. But I was, I was reading, um, there's this, this blogger called Awesomely Lovey. Um, and she posted on Facebook, this, this uh, Twitter thread from Josie Duffy Rice. Um, her Twitter handle Twitter handle is J Duffy Rice. And I'm not gonna read all of it. Um, I'm not gonna read any of it actually, but I do um, suggest you go and read it. But what she's really mm-hmm. saying is that, you know, with these kids that are unaccounted for, we kind of just need to let them be. Because um, I'm pretty sure there, there's some, she's saying she's pretty sure they're with family members. And if we bring these different organizations um, into the fold looking for these kids, mm-hmm. then there's going to be an influx of these, uh, them shipping these uh, immigrants back across the border. You know, mm-hmm. even if they're, you know, they're going to. So well, she's, she's, I, I suggest going and reading the thread. It's, it's, it's pretty long. Um, and she's a What's lawyer. What's her name? Uh, What's her name? Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Her name is Jay Duffy Rice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a pretty good, um, yeah, it's a pretty good, um, uh, Twitter, Twitter read. So I do highly suggest going over there and and taking a gander at it, but yeah. So that's, that's the story that's been kind of floating around right now. So we don't know where these kids are. Um, some are saying that with family members, um, 45 is saying that they are, um, they're starting a gang war. Um, so yeah, of course, of course. course. So there you go. Can't with him. Hmm. Okay. I, I just, you know, when I heard of it initially, I, I had several different theories, you know, as to the whereabouts of these children. But I, I do want to take a read um, of this article because um, that's interesting to just leave them alone. Because it, you know, I did think of um, human trafficking, mm-hmm. of you know whether whether that was some. Because I, I actually, 
I wanted to, I was, I was telling you offline, but I wanted to mention it here. Cause I, um, I had a, a friend of mine. I always have a friend with a, with a crazy story, but um, she actually told me that she had been human trafficked and it would be someone that you would never believe this happened to. And the way that it was explained was there was a whole organization from, you know, from Mexico all, all the way into Florida and all the way up sound like through Atlanta, um, bringing women, you know, and how they were recruited. And I'm just, this is a developing story. I would really like for us to kind of, um, you know, explore this um, some more. But I was, yeah. I was, I mean, I was floored because it's not, you know, it's not somebody I would ever think this would happen. And I would never think that something like this was proliferating right in, right around me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's coming up. So, you know, when I heard about these children, that that's what I mean, that's what I thought about. Yeah. This um, human trafficking is, is really modern day slavery. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I've read their movies about this, but I've read articles about how they bring it over. Actually, when I was living in Orlando, there was, it was really weird. So there was this, um, I lived in downtown Orlando mm-hmm. and there were always, I don't know if any of you, you guys, you know, some of our listeners are from Orlando and have been um, in downtown Orlando. But at that time it was probably like the mid, it was probably like 2008 ish, I believe mm-hmm. um, that I moved down there. So, you know, Orlando downtown wasn't really popping. It may be popping now, but it wasn't popping back then. <laughs> so it uh, wasn't really too many people like, you know, just kind of walking around. It wasn't that kind of town where people just kind of pede- put It's not a pedestrian kind of town. So right. um, there would always be a group of Russian girls walking the streets. And I, it was just the weirdest thing. It was the mm-hmm. weirdest thing. So apparently, you know, they had been brought over to the country by the, and they were always with this one man brought over to the country to, I guess they were part of human trafficking. Um, oh, wow. But it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a whole underground thing that's going on. Um, and it's, it's disgusting. You know, yeah, I was, I was um, really, really surprised. Like I, I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, all right, moving forward. I want to, I'm on a, on a can we on a lake? So there is a um, there's a story about this uh, immigrant from Mali who lives in uh, Paris. Yes, and I heard. Apparently, there was this video that's on. You can probably Google it. It's on Facebook of this toddler who's hanging from a balcony. Why and we don't guy, know? Why, why we don't know? His parents were missing. We don't know what his his mother. They're, they're saying his mother was out of the country or out of the state, and um, his father was supposed to be his caretaker, but he was nowhere to be found. So this little kid, yeah, he's home alone and found himself on the the outside of the balcony holding on. So um, the the guy, uh, his name is Mamadou Ghassam. He saw what was going on. And this dude scaled like three flights. I saw the side. Like Spider, call him Spider-Man. Yeah, in like 30 seconds and like got up there and snatched this kid up and saved this little boy's life, this little baby's life. So it was just amazing to watch. Um, and so out of this, um, the, pre- the French president, Emmanuel Macron, has um, awarded him French citizenship. And he's also been offered a job by the uh, Paris Fire Service. Yes. So um, he did a real, you know, that's just a good dig. And he probably did that without even thinking. Um, I read that, you know, once he got the kid to safety and he was sitting down, he had to sit down because he was just his adrenaline was just running through him. So, mm. you know, so fast he was just shaking. So that was just pure adrenaline and strength. Wow. Man, 
ailing yep. a, a wall. I, heard, I mean, can you imagine? Like, man, I don't know. We might yeah. not make it. No, you know what? <laughs> the thing is, when I work out, I um I always want to do twenty minutes on the treadmill. Because I'm like, if I'm ever in a situation, at least I know I can run for 20 minutes and I can get away. <laughs> at least I know I can run for 20 minutes. I don't minutes. know. Rockstar lifestyle might not make it. <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> might not. Oh, I no. don't make it. <laughs> but, yeah, but I did see the video. And I mean, you know, I've heard people say, oh, this is a publicity stunt by the French president. But I mean, that's. That's real, you know, and I had to say, like, hashtag, this ain't America. Like, he was granted yeah. citizenship and a job. I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. And how long did it take uh, Trump? I to, can't tell uh, why, why, why are we? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. Whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> why? This, this, yeah, this, right. this, this that ain't America. But, but we don't have that kind of leadership here. We all know. Beautiful story, though. Yeah. So, all right. Moving forward. What What we got? All right, we're going to move into this weekend dick report. Hey, I'm telling you, we need some theme music for this. We do. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just feel like, I don't know about like, <laughs> I feel like a little, little Kim two step or something. Uh-huh. Woo. Okay, so what, what do we have? You got some listener questions. What, what do we Yeah, get? we got some. We had a couple of them, and I was kind of sifting through them. So I decided to, to go on. This is, a, this is a very simple question, it's, it's so common that uh, it's, it, it always comes up. So how soon is too soon to have sex with somebody? Huh? <laughs> how soon is too soon to have sex? Like, do you have sex on the first day? Do you like, do you have, so when you're dating someone and you meet someone, do you have like a, a, a time frame in your head? Like, I'm not going to sleep with him until this time. Or how do you, how do you do that? I, you know, I think there used to be time parameters when you were younger. I, I just for me, I, there's there is no no timetable now. I mean, five. Mm-hmm. I might be, I might be. Um, <laughs> how can I say this? You, I don't feel like there's time and you know that time thing. It used to be like, okay, you know, like ninety days or whatever, three dates or whatever. Like I don't know if you if you with it, he's with it, you with it. Mm-hmm. It could be tonight, you know. Like, look, we just met earlier. I'm, and I'm not saying that to be in a in a hoish way. I'm just saying it depends on how you feel. You can connect with somebody, be like, I don't ever see myself sleeping with him, but I enjoy his company. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, let me let me just see. Let me, you know, I, I need to I need to see a few things, you know, and, and see what this dick do. I know it just to me like this. That timetable thing was real good for like mm-hmm. high school, college, mm-hmm. but when you you well out of those institutions of higher learning, I, I mean, I don't I don't see why put a parameter on it. It's it's how you feel. It's the energy. It's the vibe. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can know somebody, and I, and I and I truly believe this. Time it, it's not a deciding factor for knowing somebody. If you are in tune with yourself, you're in tune with your energy. You could be in tune with somebody that you just met. You know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, you, you learn some, some things about them as you go along, but in terms of like knowing somebody, if you are, if you're really in sync with you, you don't need all that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least in, in my opinion, you can know somebody and you know, we talking like, you know, a weekend and just be like, I, I, I know this person. You know, maybe I don't mm-hmm. know the little ins and outs of, you know, he 
you know, leaves his toothbrush out or, you know, leaves water in the, in the, in the sink or leaves dish in the sink. That, those are small things. But when you can, you can feel somebody's vibe and somebody's energy, you don't mm. need time. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like you don't need all that time. So maybe it's me. What do you yeah. think? I, I can kind of agree with it. Um, I can kind of agree with it. It's, it's all, it's always like a case by case kind of thing you know yep. some person you, you meet and the chemistry is just there and you just, just, just kind of want to get it in and other times and it all and, and it also depends on to me like where you are in life you know what kind of mind frame are you in in life you just out here you know trying to have fun or what you know do your yeah. thing while out um so it, it really depends on 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 the situation now me i've gone through different different periods of my life where <laughs> at one point you know, I was, you know, I had a great time. I had a great run out there. I had there. a good old time. I had a good <laughs> old time. I had a great run. Um, now, now I'm a lot more selective. Um, I, I don't think I've ever met anyone recently where I just wanted to fuck them right away. You know, I haven't met anyone like no. that. No. Um, yes. No. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you question what I'm saying? All right, I'm, but no, me, like, um, and we got let me shush. We got to talk a lot about some things, but um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I just um, you know, I just I I haven't, uh, but not to say that I'm not open to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it all depends on you know what's going on. You know, like I said, it, just, it depends on the energy <laughs> and the vibe, it, and yeah, you know, I think those are the determining determining factors for. Factors. You know whether he could get it or not. Like if I'm, mm -hmm. if you can feel it, what do you? Yeah. You know, what do you need now to put I, ninety I, days in between? Now what? I can say that when I meet someone, I can, I will already tell you if I'm going to sleep with them or not. Yeah, you and I think I mean? they, they I, leave that to not, the women. You know, we always not, know. We we always know we, that. We know right away. So I'm in my mind. I maybe you know I'm going to do with them, but maybe not today. Maybe maybe yeah. two days. Maybe on Thursday. All right, <laughs> make a wait. But you, when you meet the one and you're like, nah, this he he's no he's not going to see anywhere of this. You know, <laughs> no parts of this culture. We so, like I don't even know. need to shave because we ain't doing nothing. <laughs> right, <laughs> we ain't doing nothing. I can put my granny panties on because you ain't seeing them. At all, <laughs> yeah, you worry about that. Them at all. So, yeah, don't even worry your little stuff about your, your pretty little head about that. <laughs> that is so true, though. Like, oh, we're good. I'm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we good on that. No. But when you know, you know. Oh my goodness, the lawn is yeah. manicured. Everything is manicured. I have Girl, I use my best lotion, my mm -hmm. best body oil. Everything's coming out. You know the kind you don't want to use. Mm -hmm. Try to save it. So, <laughs> put the big old jar of cocoa butter away. <laughs> like, is this right here? I need to see what that dick game looks like. <laughs> right now. But, um, yeah, it just, 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 depends. depends. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. it depends. So you just gotta kind of play it by ear and see what kind of vibe you get, what kind of chemistry you have, and just kind of take it. From yes, there. I just like don't gloss over that because I think that's the biggest thing. It's energy and vibe, the yeah. chemistry. You know, mm -hmm. like, don't just have sex. And I I tell this to my niece: don't have sex just to be having sex. You know what I mean? Why come? Why for come? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm like. Why not? I, I'm just using from my, my personal experience when I've when I've been in situations where I'm like, all right, well, let's go ahead and do it. It's never been like super enjoyable for me. 
Oh, but when wait. it's a situation where I want, like I'm attracted to this dude and, you know, we having a good time, do it. But don't feel like you have to have sex with somebody, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, that, 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 that pity that pussy. pussy. Save it. Yeah. Yeah. Save oh, that no. shit. It's not going to be enjoyable. Your shit going to be dry as hell. So um, <laughs> it's not going to be enjoyable. So anyway. No. Mm. Moving along. Moving along. All right. So we are at the uh, segment of the show where I reminisce. I reminisce. So my reminisce song. I love this song to like this day is Knock the Bells. L O Cool J. So let me just let me little sober in fact that song came out in nineteen eighty five. Ooh. And that was off of James Todd Smith. That was his debut album. So remember that album had radio on it. But I remember, okay, so flashback because I, where I was, I remember LL Cool J, um, Rock the Bells came out, and my family was on the way to the Bronx Zoo. And and I remember, you know, you go, and at the time, I'm trying to think because that, that was the Bronx Zoo, and they had a um, like a safari, and you go through mm-hmm. the safari, and I remember my uncle. Who my uncle reminds me, my uncle Raymond to this day reminded me of LL back in the day, and he had like the Audi Five Thousand, like the real one with the sunroof, and we were in the backseat, and the giraffes were coming in the car, and he just had on LL Cool J Rock the Bell loud as shit, and we were screaming like. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember that song, like man, and then. You know, you reminded me that there was no video for this. Like back in the day, there were no videos. So I'm trying to think, you know, my vision of LL back in that day, because he had to be, he was like 16 years old when this came yeah, out. Yeah, he was young. You know, Jerry mm-hmm. Baby Face, yeah. he, you know, but he, he was had the younger, he was older than us, because he was older. But he but was yeah. older, right? And he had the muscles, and I remember the Kango cap, and mm-hmm. he would like not wear shirts sometimes. And, um, you know, I just remember this song was was long, like for a song. I think it had like seven verses. It was like seven, eight minutes long. That's how long it played, and he just went on. It was like verse after verse after after verse. Yeah. So he's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. He still yeah. is a big deal. I mean, yeah. man, I mean, we're talking about eighty five. Like, what? I mean, we're talking about a song. He's from still out here, but he's not in music, but. He's still out here. He's is he on um NCIS? He's on one of those little um one of those shows. shows. I, I don't I don't know which one. But um mm-hmm. in terms of his, still getting checks and still, still getting, getting the bag. And this, you know, this was the band, you know, remember his battles were like legendary. You know, now we talking yeah. about Pusha T and Drake, and I'm like, yo, LL was like the originator. Like he mm-hmm. would, would end career. He had a whole battle with um uh Kumo D. Was it Kumo D? <laughs> Was it um, MC Shan or something? Cannabis. He um cannabis cannabis battling with would ruin your rap career mm-hmm. off of a song, off a rap song that probably didn't have a video. Like yeah. this did not have a video. I I still can't even believe that. So I, I'm just like that. It was just so fire when it came. Do you remember? Like it was just so so fire. Yeah, I remember. We I used to spend a lot of time at my um my godmother's house. And back then, you remember those stereo systems yep. where it was like a huge stereo the system? The beatbox. Like, yeah, but no, it, not the beatbox. It was a, like a floor model like stereo, like multi-level stereo. And it had like the, um, 
the speakers that like sat on the floor that like were, were as tall as you were. Yeah. So we would like on Saturdays we would um, take the speakers and put them outside on the porch and blast <laughs> LL, blast Run DMC. It, that was, it'll be all the kids outside playing. It was just such a good time. It was hot outside. We all getting sweaty and dirty and just listening. It was it was a good time. So yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely remember LL. Yeah, you've been waiting and debating for oh so long. Just stop and like Martin for a Cool J song. <laughs> <laughs> Rock the bell. So yes, definitely take you back. 1985. Mm-hmm. LL Cool J still doing it. Rock the bells was. I could still play that now for real. Yeah, yeah. So, um, big shout out to LL for um making my 1985. I remember that he was like yeah. probably one of my first crushes. Mm-hmm. Well, he did the you little know, he thing. Now, isn't that his crazy? Daughter, I know because I remember his daughter, daughter got married and then. He, Girl, you know he still oh, can get it though. So. <laughs> He's a daddy. daddy. <laughs> He's a daddy. daddy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yes, big big shout out to LL Cool J. So, um, yeah. what do we have next? Um, so this is, I guess, we're moving on to our black business part of our show. Are we? Yes. Are we there yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so this is the segment of the show where we highlight a black business, um, of course, because we believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and really just supporting us, you know, for us, by us. So this is why we incorporated this into our um, into this podcast. So yes. this weekend, I had some girlfriends uh, that came up for um, uh, Dance Africa. She comes up every year. And so we met up on Sunday for brunch. This is like our, our routine every year when she comes up. So we met at Boulevard Bistro, which which is actually a Black-owned restaurant in Harlem. Let me tell you, the cheesy grits. <laughs> They're better than mine. Gracious, they're so good. Oh, my God. They are. I make good grits, too. They're, they are good. I've never mm-hmm. had grits this cheesy. And I'm not a, I'm not a fan of savory grits. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, they're the bomb. They are the bomb. So, anyway, so we were just talking, and... Um, she put me on to this uh, this black-owned chocolate company that's uh, that's down south. Um, it's called Coco Bell Chocolates, uh, handcrafted artisan chocolates with a southern twist. Mm. Um, it's owned and operated by Carmen Portillo, um, this young, well, you know, young girl out of um, Arkansas. So at age of nineteen, she moved to Europe. To Europe, um, she traveled to Paris, um, you know, London, England. And I guess there she kind of fell in love with with chocolates. So when she came back to the states, she went to school for um, for for this uh, trade. So she went to Nada School for Confectionery and Chocolate Arts in Orlando. I can barely say that. Um, <laughs> and then she also got a certificate from Ecole Chocolate Professional Chocolate Arts. I can't believe it. Like schools for stuff like this. Yeah, it's great. Making chocolate. Making chocolate. Yeah. So with this certificate, it makes Carmen the first and only certified professional chocolatier in the state of Arkansas. Wow. And so her wow. treats can be purchased at her location or you can buy these online. And so I went on her website and she has like a variety of like all these decadent like chocolate butters. And I'm I'm a fan of like butters. Oh, mm. So she has like chocolate butters. She has sauces. Um, you can get boxes of chocolates, truffles. And then she also has these things called barks. I, I've never even heard of these things, but they look like like candy bars. Yeah, and they yeah. have like chocolate yeah. bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so um so that's what we're highlighting. 
Her website is cocobellchocolates.com, uh, and she can be reached at uh, cocobellchocolates at gmail.com. And uh, so this is our highlight for the week. Yes, yeah. love it, love it, cocobellchocolates.com. All right, so I think now we've come to the end of the 11th episode. I'm talking about, I'm talking about dedication and living your life <laughs> right. and just being um, in line and in tune with your spirituality. We are on episode 11 and we've come to the end. So um, you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in the Apple Podcast app. We're Google Play. We're on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's That's What I Say 3 on Twitter. Uh, visit us at our website, That's What I'm Saying, podcast.com to learn more. Send us questions and comments. And now we got a shout out to our super producer. Producer, yeah, we always got a shout out. Vegas World Inc. Um, his Twitter handle is at Vegas World Inc. He holds us down. Um, so yeah, and happy. Um, oh. I don't want to say Memorial Day, but um, uh, it's Martyrs of the Race Course Day. I'm yeah, going with that. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Okay, all right, y'all. Until next week. Take care, y'all. Take care, y'all.